good day and welcome to WDET 101.9 FM and Detroit Today. I'm Stephen Henderson, your host, and as always, I'm really glad you have decided to join us. Efforts are underway to make Michigan's courts system work more fairly and more equitably. Advocates and court administrators are working on initiatives to address issues of racial justice, mental health, cash bail, and pretrial practices, among other issues. But top members of the state's judiciary say those initiatives might not amount to much without streamlining the court system to make it easier to coordinate. They say, for the first time in the state's history, a diverse group of justice system stakeholders are going to develop a strategic plan for Michigan's judiciary. And it'll include judges, administrators, attorneys, county clerks, and, of course, just regular old citizens. The deadline to apply to serve on this new Michigan Judicial Council is this Friday at 5 p.m. And here to talk about this effort are two people who are hard at work on this issue. Bridget Mary McCormick is the Chief Justice of the Michigan Supreme Court. Uh, Bridget, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks. Good morning, Stephen. Good to hear your voice. Yes. And Tom Boyd is a state court administrator. Tom, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. So, uh, Bridget, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Talk about the need to develop this strategic plan so that these other reforms that you guys have been hard at work at will actually make a difference for people who interact with the court system. Uh, Explain a little more of, of why that's necessary. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about this. We are pretty excited about this planning process, strategic planning process, as as you and I have talked about on many occasions, there there has been more change in the state courts in Michigan in the last 12 months than maybe in the last 12 decades. And there is significant progress being made on the way we handle mental health issues, racial equity, um, access to justice. You know, Steve, and I, Steve, you and I have talked about how many people have to navigate courts without lawyers and mm-hmm. things as important as losing their homes. Um, breaking up their families. Um, and we have a, a lot of really um, impressive reforms um, that are underway. Um, but Michigan's state court system is incredibly decentralized. Um, there are about 600 judges across the, straight, the state, 242 different courts. They have 160 different funding units. And so we're sort of decentralized and complicated. And that sometimes makes reform hard to coordinate statewide. And we want to make sure that all the good work that's happening um, burrows down and takes hold and lives a lot longer than, you know, we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Tom Boyd is a really talented um, state court administrator. I'm thrilled that we were able to pry him away from his district, district court bench mm-hmm. to um, manage all of this that's going on, because we want to make sure it, it takes hold and it's and it's permanent. Um, and this is this is going to be a pretty uh, dynamic, ground-up process. Um, we are not just, you know, it's not going to be the those of us at the Hall of Justice sitting around a table figuring out what happens. It's going to be the people who are in the trial courts around the state um, and the public who are affected by what those courts do, helping us with a strategic plan that we can then um, carry forward for many years. Yeah. Uh, Tom Boyd, I, I wonder... If you can give us a sense of what the outcome will look like here, especially for people who are interacting with the courts, can you give us just some examples of things that uh, people might find different at, after this is all done? 
Well, you know, the key to strategic planning is to include the stakeholders in response to that question. Mm -hmm. I, I can tell you that what we're trying to do is to seize the moment. Um, in, an, in an environment where it seems that partisan bickering has ground many things to a halt, Michigan is really in the midst of more than a decade of bipartisan support for reforming Michigan's judiciary. And the goal is to have it become more equitable, more accountable, and more transparent. Mm -hmm. This moment includes the leadership of Chief Justice McCormick, who has the skills and energy and the passion to bring people together to support this type of consensus reform agenda. I guess the point is that we here at the Supreme Court and the State Court Administrative Office, we work every day keenly aware of how the work of the judiciary affects families that are most at their most stressful moment of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And our goal is to uh, restore you know, just outcomes in each of those cases. Um, uh, Chief Justice, I wonder if you can talk about how this will interact, especially with Michigan's problem-solving courts. Uh, a recent report from uh, your court says these courts are lowering rates of recidivism and unemployment rates uh, when we talk about drug courts or mental health courts. I feel like we're really charging ahead in that in that area, trying to, you know, divert lots of people from from prison and and more punitive uh, court outcomes. But but talk about how that effort will interact, I guess, with with this strategic plan. Yeah, it's a great question, um, Stephen, because that's one example of one of the many initiatives that we're doing really well with. So our problem solving courts. Um, are saving lives every day across the state. Um, Problem-solving course, just for a quick refresher, um, uh, instead of processing people's criminal cases um, that, are, that, that initiate because of mental health concerns or addiction problems, we instead um, have an intensive program where we address those underlying problems so that people don't cycle through our jails and prisons and come right back to our courts. Uh, without without addressing the problems that brought them there in the first place. And they're incredibly successful. We now have 30 years of data to show that. Um, and they are spread throughout the state. There are mental health courts, sobriety courts, drug courts. But that's just one of many initiatives that we have ongoing right now. As you know, because we've talked about this as well, the Jail and Pretrial Task Force, the bipartisan task force, was successful at um, sending two, you know, two dozen bills to the governor's desk last at the end of last year, which she signed. Um, which which decriminalize and address um, some of those issues even before people end up in court, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can actually we can actually address addiction issues and mental health issues before people um, end up in court if we want to. These are all um, these are ongoing initiatives that we already have underway. At the same time, we have an enormous civil justice initiative underway that that, that is innovative and exciting. Um, the Access to Justice Commission was also um, put into rule by the court um, just in January, and it's hard at work at figuring out how the many people who have to navigate civil legal problems without lawyers um, can can get the information they need, the help they need to to protect themselves and their families. And all of those things are 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 wonderful, and they're ongoing, but they're they're sort of on their own. If you if you understand what I mean, you know, it, it do, doing doing what they do well. But we want to make sure that they're all connected, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times the same people who end up in problem-solving courts also might end up in housing court with, a, with, a, with, a, with an eviction issue and, and et cetera. And so by having a strategic plan to make sure that all of these reform initiatives 
are connected and overlapping and supporting one another, um, we can serve the people of Michigan um, even better than we are now. And that's and that's the goal. Hmm. Okay, uh, Bridget, I know that uh, you have another engagement that you have to run to. So I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to to talk with us about this. And I also, before I let you go, want to congratulate you again on the fact that your brother, Will, uh, won the Oscar for Best Animated Short Film. Uh, That is such a cool, such a cool moment. I am so happy for him. And more than that, happy for uh, my mom and dad that they were still alive to see it. So oh. it's very exciting. Yeah. And watch it. If yeah. anything happens, I love you is what it's called. It's yes. awesome. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks as always for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Take care. Bye. Uh, Tom Boyd, uh, I, I want to talk a little more about uh, how citizens might participate in this strategic plan. You guys have said you want uh, citizens to be part of this and you want them to help guide the process so that uh, courts are more responsive to the people who use them. Yes, uh, Stephen, as you mentioned, the deadline is Friday, and uh, people can visit the court's uh, website, which is courts.mi.gov, and there you can see the application for the Judicial Council, or you can just go to .gov slash Judicial Council, uh, spelled out, and the applications are there. We're hoping for um, not, you know, not only robust participation from judges, but all the people involved in the judiciary, which includes citizens that uh, come to the court. You know, to to take off on your question about problem-solving courts, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing about problem-solving courts is we use extra resources and extra energy to take people from how they present to the judiciary and and leave them better than than we found them, you know, is essentially the motto. And every case should be a problem-solving case, and every uh, every person who comes to the court should have a problem-solving experience. Um, If you... If you, if you think about uh, what the public comes to expect from the courts, what they should expect and should receive is the same quality of service, regardless of what court they go to and how they interact with the court, whether they're a, a victim, a landlord, or, or something else, a witness. They, they should have an expectation of, of transparency and equity, and, and that's what we're striving to uh, create. And the Judicial Council pulls together that fragmented system that the Chief Justice talked about in a way to try and plan in, a, in an organized, systemic manner. Yeah. Uh, you know, those of us who live in Detroit and, and the state's larger cities are used to a certain kind of interaction with courts. I mean, we have very big courts in our communities, and, and they have problems with bureaucracy and, and funding and, and resources that I think we're all— uh, kind of familiar with, and and I would imagine that some of the focus will be on on making those kinds of courts work better. But but I'm also kind of curious about uh, courts in rural communities, smaller communities, uh, and maybe the needs that they have that might look different than what we encounter here in 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 Southeast Michigan, uh, where there's where there's so much population. Is there is there a, a distinction perhaps between uh, courts in different parts of the states and 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 what they might need. There there is, and it, I think it comes back to funding. So while the Michigan Constitution describes Michigan's justice system as one court of justice, that system is, as the chief said, highly fragmented with many courts, funding units, and computer systems. So while the 36 district court in Detroit definitely has problems related to its size, 
there are courts in rural areas that uh, can't even um, stay open from eight to five, five days a week because they don't have adequate funding to maintain the staffing levels to do that. Hmm. So a couple of years ago, the Michigan uh, Trial Court Funding Commission laid out all the challenges to trial court funding and suggested a path forward they, and urged the legislature to, ex, to accept those recommendations. And there are legislative uh, leaders, specifically Representative Sarah Leitner from uh, Jackson, who have taken up the mantle laid down by that task force, uh, that commission, uh, and are trying to reform the way that courts are funding to, to attack, uh, challenge, fix these um, fragmented uh, systems that result in uh, disparate outcomes and dif- disparate experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking with Tom Boyd. He is state court administrator. And uh, we're talking about the new uh, d- plan to develop a strategic plan for the judiciary here in Michigan for all of the courts uh, that serve us. Um, we're talking about how that will make it uh, better for people in the state to interact with courts, uh, also enhance uh, the efforts to develop problem-solving courts here in Michigan, something that has happened quite a bit uh, in the last uh, five or more years. Um, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, what have your interactions been like with Michigan's court system, and what do you think we can or need to do better to make that experience uh, some, something that uh, is not as difficult as it uh, as it might be right now. As always, the f- the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and, uh, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Bernadette in Old Redford. Bernadette, welcome to the show. Good morning, Stephen. My comment is related to representing oneself as a citizen. I've only had to go to court a couple of times, but it seems as when I do, the uh, judge loses patience that I'm not represented by legal counsel. It's like, oh, man, here comes a regular citizen. I'm familiar with the law. Where's your attorney? Um, I want to address how citizens can... Uh, be represented without an attorney. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great qu- that's a great question, uh, Bernadette, and it's one of the experiences that I think most people fret the most uh, about court is having to go and maybe not being represented uh, by an attorney. That happens in in some courts still here in Michigan where you're not required to have an attorney with you. Uh, uh, Tom, what's the answer to Bernadette's question here? Well, not only are you not required, but the Michigan Constitution guarantees you uh, the right to represent if that's what you if that's what do. you want to do. I, right? Yeah, I, I do. I do very much appreciate uh, Bernadette's question, though. And there are a couple different initiatives, including the uh, uh, Access to Justice uh, group that uh, Chief Justice McCormick mentioned, and that is the Justice for All Commission. And the Justice for All Commission is uh, breaking down in subgroups, which will include lots of judicial stakeholders, including uh, citizens who have had to come to the court, individuals who have had to come to the court. And one of the things they'll be looking at, two of the things they'll be looking at is, one is a better uh, interaction with uh, pro se litigants or unrepresented parties. And we're talking about advocates in the building to help people find where they need to be. Uh, Think about it as a, a, uh, you know, Meyer greeter on steroids who understands the system and can help people uh, navigate that system. Hmm. And the, the Another is to uh, look at with the, our partners at the State Bar of Michigan, whether or not there can be a regulatory reform so that people other than lawyers might be able to assist 
uh, people in the courthouse. So the answers are not um, what we're offering. What we're trying to create is the process by which people will come together to come up with those answers uh, co collectively. And uh, the, the, the experience of self-represented litigants is one of the things that we take most seriously as it relates to the civil justice system. Hmm. I, I also wonder if the COVID pandemic uh, changes some of the needs that we have for streamlining courts and making them more accessible, uh, not just during the pandemic and during the, the massive disruption of the pandemic, but, but going forward. I mean, in lots of areas, there are things that we've had to do during the pandemic that uh, I think we've discovered maybe work a little better than what we were doing uh, before, uh, but then there have also been, you know, purposeful efforts to to push things in a different direction because uh, of the restrictions that we've had to to live under. I wonder if you can talk just a little about how COVID might affect this strategic plan. Well, ab absolutely. And Chief Justice McCormick often says that you know the, the pandemic is not the disruption we wanted, but it may be the disruption we needed. So just think about um, interacting with the court in a, in a virtual setting. Certainly the digital divide is a very real problem in lots of communities, whether that be um, urban or, or, or rural. At the same time, what we're experiencing, the more people come to court, that the, the digital divide may be not as large as the actual divide, meaning the people who can't get downtown, who can't take time off work, who don't have transportation, who are homebound, who can now participate in court. And the challenge for us is to, to capture this moment, acting together with purpose to create in Michigan a, a, a system that will be a, a national leader. Hmm. So the Michigan Supreme Court provided every trial court judge in Michigan a Zoom license for interactive hearings in May of 2019, ahead of the pandemic. So when March of 2020 came around, the Michigan judiciary was ready to hit the ground and, and go virtual very quickly hmm. did it before most countries most states in the nation had any idea what what to do next and so in that way open the doors the virtual doors to a whole new uh, set of people now we do understand that again the digital divide is very real and needs to be addressed it needs to be attacked we have a couple different committees of stakeholders that are currently working to to capture the lessons learned and save them while not being stuck with the downsides. So we're trying to take everything uh, good from this experience and build upon it. And this strategic council will be the clearinghouse for all of those voices to make recommendations to the court about how to move forward. Hmm. Okay, uh, Tom Boyd, uh, State Court Administrator. It was really great to have you here for this conversation on Detroit Today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Hmm. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to have a conversation with Dr. Cedric Alexander, a former member of President Obama's task force on 21st First century policing, also a past national president of the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. We're going to talk about what we might have learned during that task force during the Obama administration that would be applicable in today's discussion about policing and police reform. This is a conversation you're not going to want to miss. Stay tuned for more Detroit Today.